Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who's just got done fighting a giant octopus, Jacob. Man, that's a lot of arms. Yes, but with enough ketchup, it would be good eating. Maybe. If it's fried. (laughs) Yes, fried ultros. That's what we want. (laughs) Yes, Um, I know the name of the octopus monster, so what? Of of course. You did put this movie on this list after all. (laughs) More on that in a minute. Exactly. Why, thank you, I think. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who just got stuck on princess duty. Welcome, Drew. You know, there are worse things. That is true. You could be you could be guarding the uh, the the toilet. <laughs> okay, that works for me. Hey, they, uh, they they used to actually do that in medieval times. I know, I know. This, but this ain't medieval times. Thankfully, that is true. This says this place at least looks like it has modern plumbing. Thank you. They have cars. <laughs> Yes, they have cars. Uh, how are you doing today, Jacob? Uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. It's, it was a long day, but fruitful. Good. Uh, so, what have you been watching this week? Oh, good night. What have I not been watching all week? Oh, have you been busy with the old television? And perhaps the movie theater? Yeah, just a little bit. Let's see. Well, we watched... Um a certain movie that just recently came out uh, yes. called Raya and the Last Dragon. Which Raya is and the Last Dragon, yes. Raya, Raya. Anna, Anna. Yeah. This is going to be a theme. That here, is it? what... The, we were trying to think what that was the other day. We were. That you couldn't get right. I remember now. It is Raya and Raya. Yeah, yeah it's Raya. <laughs> Raya and the Last Dragon yes. from Disney. Amazing film. Go watch it. Yes, it is. And um, then go listen to our reactions episode that yes. we released on Sunday. Exactly. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, what else? What else have I been watching? I am, I am drawing a blank. A blank? A blank. You can't think of anything else you watched? Not off the top I of mean, my head. I mean, I know you didn't get to Bible study before we got actually got started with Bible study, so you didn't watch that episode of, uh, <laughs> while we waited on, we watched something and I can't think of what it is. Well, either way, be like, I think the only thing I've watched is Ray and the Last Dragon and this. All right. Because I can't, th- I can't think of what that thing well, is. So well, I watched something animated. I can't tell you what it is. Yeah, that was over at Chase's. But I also have been watching a little bit of Tenchi Universe. Yeah, uh, I think I mentioned that last week too. But I've watched a little bit more of it. Uh, of course, we both finished watching Wandavision. That is, oh yes, that is what you watched all last week. Yes, it was. Why did I forget that? This is an amazing show. I don't know why you forgot it. Yeah. Well, it's more like a temporary blank, you know, when, like when it you, was edited out. Yeah, but not really. How, how how could I forget such an amazing uh, series or season? I think it was the whole series, but yeah. Whole series, season, whichever. Because I don't think they could do a season two. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, I they're not to spoil anything, but they could do something. It will depend on how... Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness uh, comes out. Yeah. Allegedly. Next uh, year. Next year. 
Either way, either way, uh, that's about all I can watch. All I can say I've watched. Uh, I did uh, definitely with WandaVision go see it. Uh, gonna leave, be like, no spoilers. Be like, just go see it. Go watch it. It's on Disney Plus right now if you're subscribed to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you'll enjoy it. Be more like, than likely. More, yeah, more likely. And a good advice Drew gave when watching this show think of it the Twilight Zone because it's not what you think. The way Marvel sold WandaVision was it was the Marvel sitcom. Mm-hmm. That's not what the show is. No, absolutely not. But, you know, any, saying anything more than that will spoil it. So, agree. Let's uh, move on to the next thing. Um, uh, other things that I have been watching. Uh, not a whole lot more, actually, after I gave you such a hard time. Um, although, we did start re- watching more of Tangled the series. Or Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, by where that we're is, at. That is so true, because they, yeah. they, they actually changed it on Disney+. Plus. It is changed on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Finally, we we're are, back in season two. We are, what, uh, 20 season. episodes ahead of what the of what we've put out so far yeah so far so yeah uh so we're enjoying what we're watching so far and we yes. can't wait for you to hear those episodes yeah that they'll be coming out in like a couple of months yeah something like that yeah we're trying to stay ahead so that we don't ever have to get in a rush yeah because we remember that like the first year oh good night <laughs> i'm um, th- i'm still thinking back to january Oh. We were having to put five episodes out a week yeah. to get caught up wow. on Thundercats before Tangled started. Yes. Because we had time Tangled for the beginning of February because mm. of other things we had set in place. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. Alright. So the, the only thing the only thing nah, the only thing else that I would like to talk about really quickly is another podcast. Oh. That I know that you listen to and I listen to. They're it's very good, very informative. Uh, Miked up, ah yes. Uh, the uh, Miked up with Dr. Mike Miller uh, and Kobe Durham. Uh, that is our pastor and youth pastor at Central Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Texas. Uh, they do a podcast. That comes out probably maybe like once a month. Once a month or one. Well, be- well, well, between COVID, I mean, between and, COVID, COVID and, and Snowvid, it was a little rough there for a bit. It was a little I bit. I think on average, since they started it back in, what, April? Yeah. It's like once every two weeks on Some, average. Yeah, something like that. But either way, uh, if you're looking for a really good, uh, as the, their tagline is be like, we're having the conversations, the conversations you're having. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's all from a strong Christian theological standpoint mm-hmm. about family, about life, about immigration, about race. About, about all the topics that people talk about. Yeah, exactly. Currently people are talking about. So if you're interested in that podcast, they are available on uh, anywhere, anywhere, pretty much anywhere. You'd be like all your favorite po- uh, podcast platforms. Uh, go check them out. Go give them some if you, love. If you found us, you can find them. Yeah, very easily. So go give go give them some love, give them some listen, and uh, yeah, it, it's very insightful, very very insightful. So yeah, I just want to give them a shout out. Alrighty. So what do we got in the news? All right. Well, we actually have a bit of news. Tell me about it. All right. So coming in from the box office from this this past weekend, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Raya. Uh, Raya. Raya. Now you're gonna get me confused. It's Raya. <laughs> yeah. Raya. That's true. Raya. I was thinking Raya. Raya. Raya in the Last Dragon uh, got somewhat of a lukewarm welcome in the global box office. I will blame the fact that mo- a lot of America watched it on Disney D Plus for that. That is true. Uh, as of right now, um, it uh, debuted in theaters March fifth, 
March 5th, which was last uh, this previous weekend in theaters on Disney Plus, premium access of $30 uh, rental vate. Now, if you are like sing- like a single guy like me and Drew, it doesn't you know, make much sense to do spend 30 bucks on no. Disney Plus. No, but if you're watching on Disney Plus, because that's ridiculous. But if you're a fam like a family of three or four or whatever, nine, I'd say on average, three is about where it starts to make sense. Yeah. Financially, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but other than that... Or if you're going to watch it multiple, multiple times. Exactly. Which, as much as I like Raya, I can wait for my next viewing when it's the same price as the rest of Disney+. Plus. Okay. All In, right. What, three months? All right. So, uh, it recently... It has gotten very favorable reviews. It has received a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, domestically, the film earned $8.6 million in... Uh, 2,445,000 theaters over the weekend. Uh, That's 41% over Tom and Jerry's 14.1 million for Warner Brothers. Well, I mean, it was a much better movie than Tom and Jerry. Agreed, agreed. Go go check out our uh, Our reactions on that movie. Yeah, Yeah, we're doing a lot more reactions now. (laughs) Thankfully, the theaters are... Now that we can go to a theater? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Now that the movies are coming out? All right, and... uh, And they're movies we want to see. And to follow that up, uh, it's... Less than 9.7 million, the third day takeout of DreamWorks sequel croons the new uh the new age. Which um, I still haven't watched yet. Yeah, it's now sitting at uh 157.7 million dollars globally. Okay. That's what the film is. All right, so get into a little bit of I don't know how you how do you the 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 Let's just get into Space Jam. <laughs> Let's get into the Space Jam movie. Yeah, here this is gonna be a bit awkward, folks, because uh, normally like to stay away from politics because yeah. quite frankly we hate politics that is true but mm-hmm. politics has interlude intervened on our lives once again yeah due to a certain skunk yeah to a certain skunk all right so 25 years after starring along michael jordan the original space jam if you haven't seen it we did a review over with uh, our good friend aaron low uh, from banter 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 thank you and uh, you can go check that out so the new Looney Tunes, the new Looney Tunes Space Jam uh, movie, which is starring LeBron James, will be missing a certain character, a.k.a. Pepe Le Pew. Um, he will not be featured in the upcoming film uh, set in the theaters uh, July July 16th. The fact that the controversial character who was made first appeared in 1945 seems to be retired from the Looney Tunes canon. Uh, the studio has no plans to feature Pepe Le Pew in any of the features in the Looney Tunes series currently streaming on HBO Plus, HBO Max. Max. Um, increasingly, Pepe Le Pew, uh, he was like uh, he's been scrapped over. He apparently uh, the skunk was scrapped from the Spruce Jam sequel over a year ago, but the news came to light uh, amongst uh, the rampant of pop culture uh, New Year's of uh, let's see. Um, it has a whole lot to do with uh, cancel culture. There's a lot of cancel culture involved. Now, yeah. let's be honest. Pepe Le Pew is a bit creepy. That is true. He he it's does have a tendency. The, that of, is the entire point of his character. That is true. Be like when the, your your entire point is to hit on every skunk. I mean, cat, <laughs> a cat that happens to have a a white. Uh, paint spilled down its back. Yeah, in a lot of cases, that is true. So yeah, I, I can kind kind of understand why. Yeah, I can kind of understand it too. Yeah. And, and and admittedly, Pepe Le Pew is probably 
my least favorite Looney Tunes character. That is true. So, I mean, for me, this isn't a big loss, but it's cancel culture coming in. So Yeah, that is true. That's um, not to say that both sides of the political debate can't be blamed for some form of cancel culture one way or another. We're just putting it out there that cancel culture did claim a victim in Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. All right, so uh, that also tying in with Disney Plus is uh, putting warnings on select episodes of The Muppet Show, and mm-hmm. apparently Dr. Seuss is getting censored. But well, they're, four they're of the Dr. Seuss, six. sorry, six of the Dr. Seuss books were pulled at the beginning of the year. Yes. And they're just now getting around to reporting it, but mm-hmm. it's, some of the, it's some of the ones I don't think most people read. Probably not. It's not the big titles. Yeah. And it's some of his earliest stuff where he was still pulling off of his uh, more uh, political cartoonist roots, mm-hmm. especially in his depictions from World War II. That is true. So admittedly, I understand it, but... Eh. Yeah. And also the the article says on uh, Yahoo News that uh, as an example of cancer culture, run amok. And I agree with that. Uh, also, running that, amok. That's a great term to use when you're connected to a Looney Tune. That is true. <laughs> also, so also in Space Jam news, uh, apparently they are they've modified or changed uh, Lola Bunny. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she was a bit more. Uh, yeah, we say curvy. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, the character they've char- made her more less sexified. Less yes, less curvy. Uh, the character was first premiered in uh, 1996 film Space Jam, uh, also starring Michael Jordan. There again, go uh-huh. watch this film; it's amazing. Uh, I mean, the cons- it, sorry, go ahead. The controversy about her being less sexified in the sequel Space Jam: The New Legacy. So it's basically they've canceled the skunk and they've toned down uh, in, Lola Rabbit in the coast in the case of Lola Lola Bunny. Mm-hmm. Is it Lola Bunny. Lola. Yeah, Lola. In the case of Lola, I will say that her new look, her mm-hmm. new look, as I use the quotation marks, yeah. is much more in line with her look in the Looney Tunes show that came out. That makes sense. In the early 2010s, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So they're basing it more off of that character design than the original character design, which was, well, go listen to our episode. Exactly. To find out what we thought of that. All right. And so that information I'm getting from is from Yahoo News and Mm -hmm. Insider.com. I think there's one more, but I want you to get into it. Oh, yes. So after uh, after they tried to after they canceled Pepe Le Pew, Mm -hmm. they reached a little too far. Mm -hmm. They tried to cancel Speedy Gonzalez. I say tried. (laughs) Yeah. Because. What they claimed was, and not not just specifically Speedy, but the entire cart- Speedy Gonzalez cartoons were supposedly uh, promoting the stereotype of laziness among Mexicans. To which the Mexicans responded, don't you touch our mouse, <laughs> in <laughs> essence. Uh, essentially what it was is, if you, remember the, if you remember from those cartoons, there's a character by the name of uh, Slowpoke Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Who talks like this the whole time? Mm-hmm. And you know he likes hanging out with his friend Speedy because you know he's supposed to be a foil for Speedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they claimed that was part of, that was you know this horrible stereotype against Mexicans until you actually read what the Mexicans told this guy about how stupid him them trying to cancel Speedy Gonzalez was because mm-hmm. they actually like the depictions. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. All right. So to quote, to quote an article, this is from uh, notthebee.com. 
So if you want to check this article out, you can. Uh, the New York colonists who came who came for uh, Pepe Le Pew went after Speedy Gonzalez too and failed epically when Latinos came out and forced to, to defend the fastest mouse of all Mexico. You know Mexico. Yeah. So yeah, don't do not mess with the mouse, dude. Yes, trust me. He know everybody, sister. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, that's all I have in the news. Yes. So let's jump in to our spoiler-free section on yes. the movie Kingsglaive: Final Fantasy Fifteen. Our third entry mm-hmm. into the fi- and currently final entry into the Final Fantasy franchise. Of movies. Maybe. Because apparently there's a Final Fantasy animated movie. There's an animated series. I thought it was a movie. There was Never Final mind. Fantasy Unlimited, which was a 24-episode series that came out back in the early 2000s, late 90s, somewhere in okay, there. Okay, gotcha. And then there's... Um, 15 has another little short anime series. I'm not going to say there's not another anime movie. It's just I'm not placing it. Okay. Well, never but, mind then. In terms of feature length, yes, and meant to try to get people who have never played Final Fantasy to jump into Final Fantasy, this is the third in the franchise, mm-hmm. and possibly final, but we'll see how it goes. Um, this is a prequel movie to Final Fantasy fifteen to, to the video game Final Fantasy fifteen. So, if you haven't played Final Fantasy fifteen, no worries, you can jump into this. Um, it follows a a character that is original to the movie he does mm-hmm. not show up in the game sad in fact as far as i know about maybe six or seven characters who are in this show up in the movie or show up in the in the game i could be wrong i have not finished the game uh but i uh did enjoy this movie it's i i saw it, the first time i saw it was about four years ago after it first came out mm-hmm. and i watched it with uh, a bunch of friends over at their parents' house. In fact, one of them is James Hamrick of the Franchise Fatigue podcast, one of our uh, mm-hmm. sister podcasts. I hate using that term. Sibling podcasts? Fellow podcasts over yes. on Pop Americana. Yeah. The new network we're in that hasn't fully, completely launched yet, but I'm just going ahead and saying the name out loud on the show like it has. Uh, <laughs> it's getting there. It's getting there. We'll get there eventually. Uh, but uh, we are in a... I enjoyed it watching then. I was, I think I was the only one who was really geeking out because I'm going, oh my goodness, they actually put that in there? <laughs> and they're going, I have no idea what you're talking about. I, go, mm-hmm. I don't care. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it's, I, I think of the three, I think this is probably the easiest one to get into. Probably. Because you have, uh, it's not as strange a story as Spirits Within, and it doesn't require any previous knowledge like uh, Advent Children did. So, yeah. True. Now, this is your first viewing. Yes, it is my first viewing. And I would would be frank to say it was slightly confusing at the beginning. I was like, okay, what is going on? I'm, this is making no sense to me. But as the movie progresses, be like, okay, things are, it makes sense. And so by the, I watched it. Completed, completed watching it and then had to go back and rewatch it because it was okay. What did I miss? <laughs> Cause apparently I was missing something. I was like, okay, where did this character come from? And why is this happening? It's like, Oh, that makes sense in the very beginning of the, the very beginning of the movie. It doesn't help that a lot of these characters look, the, unless they're like major characters, they yeah. look the same. They do. Uh, agreed. So anything else? Uh, 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, I, I do have a, a, like extreme nitpicks about this film. But oh, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie. All righty. Well, I think that's going to finish us up for the spoiler free section. So join us on the other side and mm-hmm. we will get to spoiling this this uh, trip and in insomnia. Yeah. Can I fall asleep now? Ray. Okay. This progress is a part of Christian Reek Central Network. Hey, Scoop. What are you doing, man? I don't know. I'm supposed to be reading an ad. All right, hold on. Give me, give me it. Okay. All right. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers and Aliens is a conversational podcast and blog that explores the relationship between God and man through the lens of speculative and imaginative fiction and explores speculative and imaginative fiction through the lens of God's relationship with men. Join Ben, Dr. Jace O'Neill, and Steve McDonald, a trio of Christians who are both fans and creators of story, in their conversation about the intersection of faith and imagination. Do you like trivia shows but wish you could stay a little longer with the contestants? Do you wish that if those contestants didn't know the answer from memory, they could Google the answers? Do you love finding out how many of certain objects fit between the Earth and the Moon? And do you want a game show that is completely unfair? Then might I suggest The Raw Quiz Show, where Ryan Ashley Wall pits and competes against five different combatants each season to see who is the true trivia champion. And you can find it over at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're listening to is also a part of. Go to the link in the description to find out more. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Kingsglaive Final Fantasy XV. Listener discretion is advised. Kingsglaive Final Fantasy XV was directed by Takeshi Nozue, who also directed Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Good movie, by the way. It was written by Kazushige Nojima, who was the writer for Advent Children and Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy VIII, and Final Fantasy X. It was also written by Sayori Itamuro, who, of course, is the main writer for the game Final Fantasy XV. Mm-hmm. Getting into the cast, we've got Aaron Paul playing Nix Ulrich, mm-hmm. who is most famous for playing Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad. We've got Lena Headey, Playing Lunafreya Knox Florette, who is most famous for playing Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones. Then we got Sean Bean playing King Regis Lucis Calum. Hmm. He's most well known for playing Boromir in Lord of the Rings. Right. Uh, Adrian Boucher played Titus Droughtus and General Glauca. And uh, in the movie The Monuments Men... He played the Sarge near Altwesi. I'm probably saying that wrong. Essentially a background character. 
yeah. in that movie. Yeah, that's a good movie, by it the way. It is a good if, movie. If you haven't seen it, it's really good. Uh, Liam Mulvey played Libertus Ostium. And in something called Lullabies for the Lost, he played a character named Jez. Hmm. Uh, Alexa Khan played Crow Altius. And uh, she played the character of Hyrax in Ice Age Continental Drift. Hmm. Uh, Todd Habercorn plays Luce Lazarus. And he is most known for playing Natsu Dragneel in the English for, uh, dub of Fairy Tale. John Demita played Chloris Amasitia, and he played the character of Kuroku in the English dub of Princess Mononoke. Uh, David Gant played Emperor Lidolus Aldercapt, and in the television show Sherlock, he played the character of Mr. Zikora. I had a feeling I was going to say that one wrong. Uh, Darren DePaul plays Chancellor uh, Arden Izunia, and he played J. Jonah Jameson in the PlayStation 4 version uh, of Spider-Man. Hmm. Trevor Duvall played Ravis Knox Florette, and uh, he played Rocket Raccoon, Raccoon in uh, Disney XD's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Neil Newbon played Petra Fortis, and uh, he played uh, Nikolai Genovieff in the Resident Evil 3 remake. Ben Diskin played Pelna Kara, and he played Boris J. Badenoff in The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle 2019. I didn't even know there was an Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle in 2019. Presuming it's a series? It looked like it was a sh- it was a series of shorts. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Uh, getting into our Kingdom Hearts connections, D. Bradley Baker uh, was Ultros in Kingsglaive. That was the giant octopus monster. Mm-hmm. He played Waka in Kingdom Hearts. Ben Diskin played Pelna in here, and he was young Xehanort in Kingdom Hearts. Kirk Thornton played a newscaster in Kingsglaive, and he was Isa and Sakes in Kingdom Hearts. Doug Erholtz played the castle guard in, in Kingsglaive, while in Kingdom Hearts, he played none other than Squall Leon Hart. Because he was always called Leon in Kingdom Hearts. There's a good reason for it, but we won't gotcha. go there right now. Uh, Max Middleman played... Uh, Tread Furia in Kingsglaive, and he was Luxu in Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. Zachary Gordon played young Ravis in Kingsglaive, and he is Hainer in Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. Keith Silverstein played a tavern owner in Kingsglaive, and he was additional voices in Kingdom Hearts. Ray Chase is the voice of Noctus Lucis Calum in Kingsglaive, and he voiced the Master in Kingdom Hearts. Patrick Seitz uh, was uh, voiced a uh, Niflheim soldier in Kingsglaive, and additional voices in Kingdom Hearts. Jameson Price was played a Kingsglaive in Kingsglaive, and was additional voices in Kingdom Hearts. And Michelle Ruff played Selena in Kingsglaive, and was additional voices in Kingdom Hearts. And last, and most certainly, not least, possibly. With one exception, I think the biggest Kingdom Hearts connection we've had so far. 
Hmm. Yoko Shimamura wrote the main theme to Final Fantasy XV, which we hear in the movie during the reception for uh, when we first meet the Emperor. Okay. She is the person who wrote or adapted, whichever the case may be for the song, all of the music in Kingdom Hearts. All 11 games. Wow. She was busy for a couple of years. A couple of decades. And that's not the only thing she was composing during that time. <laughs> now, admittedly, some of them, because it's the same worlds, they reused music. But still. Right. Still. That's a lot of music. So she's going off hopes and hearts. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, and yeah, that brings me to the end of my Kingdom Hearts connections. All right. Info and stuff, right, if so, you please, sir. All right. So you're able to watch uh, this movie on Amazon Prime Video for $2.99 and YouTube and iTunes for $3.99. Now, if you want to go rent it for $60.99 somewhere else, these are your best bets. Or you can go buy it on Amazon Prime if you have it. Uh, production was visual work. That is the internal studio at Square mm-hmm. Enix that makes all of the cutscenes for Square Enix, mm-hmm. or at least the Japanese arm of Square Enix. Yes. Uh, we have Digic Pictures, mm-hmm. Image en- Engine. It was distributed by Aniplex in Japan, mm-hmm. Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Mm hmm. Stage six films, mm-hmm. vertical entertainment, and of course Square Enix. Yes, it was released. Its release date was July 9th, two thousand sixteen, in Japan. Uh, it's it wasn't that far after that that we no, it wasn't. It was in. Uh, it was released stateside August twenty first, two thousand sixteen. Uh, its opening week. Um, uh, well, let's go to the. Uh, That's Japanese, it. the, it's first it's Japanese release and then go into the American yes, release. Yes. All right. Uh, so it debuted in Japan, the 10th place selling, um, 22,818 tickets, totaling sold of 35.6, um, million yen, uh, in two days. Um, it totaled a gross of, a hundred, a hundred and five million yen. That would total for U.S. would be zero point nine million dollars. Uh, the movie grossed over total would be four point six million dollars in Japan. The and let's go to the U.S. release. Mm-hmm. All right, its opening U.S. release was one hundred and nineteen point eight thousand dollars on August twenty first, two thousand sixteen. Uh, it's U.S. gross was $296.9 thousand dollars and its world gross was 1.7 million dollars not bad not bad not not bad for a movie that's a, a, a direct tie-in to a video game mm-hmm. home video uh release uh was released uh Kingslave uh was among the top 20 best-selling DVD blu-rays released October 2016. Uh, to release, um, it grossed $1.4 million in U.S. Uh, on Blu-ray and DVD releases. Uh, it came in, let's see, King Glaive was included in a Blu-ray of the Deluxe and Ultimate Collector's Edition. 
uh, Final Fantasy 15, which was released worldwide November 29, 2016. The movie also included Final, uh, Final Fantasy 7 film collect- collection, a box set which included Final Fantasy 15 and Brotherhood. Uh, the digital of the film, the digital release of the film was released on streaming and digital on digital uh, digital download pl- platforms mm-hmm. on August thirtieth, two thousand sixteen. A standalone DVD Blu-ray released on October fourth, two thousand sixteen, and finally, the cream of the release is also an ultimate ultra HD Blu-ray on March thirtieth, two thousand twenty-one. March thirtieth. March 30th, 2021. So in tw- in 20 days. Yeah, in 20 days. <laughs> it'll finally come out in 4K. Yeah, finally. Okay, then. <laughs> that Which makes sense would, to me. Well, with this film, yeah. Oh, it needs it. It needs it. It, it, can, it will definitely make use of it because there is a lot of detail in this movie. There's a lot. Not that we're to our likes and dislikes yet. Uh, anything else in info and stuff before I jump into the summary? I think that is it. So far away. Alrighty. During a visit to Tenebrae, Regis and Noctis, who is recuperating from a near-death experience, are targeted for assassination by Niflheim. Tenebrae is subsequently attacked, and in the invasion, Queen Silva is killed by Niflheim's General Glauca. Regis attempts to flee with Luna Freya, but she decides to stay with her brother Ravis. Both become subjects under Niflheim's rule. Twelve years later, the Kingsglaive fight to protect Lucis's borders from attacks by Niflheim's Magitek army and demons, unnatural monsters tamed for military use. During one such operation, Nix Ulrich defies his orders to withdraw to rescue his friend Libertus from a demon. Regis, whose magic powers the wall and is growing, and is growing weaker due to advancing age, accepts Imperial Chancellor Arden Izunia's offer of peace. This causes dissension among the King's Glaive, who feel Regis is abandoning their families. Two days before the treaty is to be signed, King's Glaive member Crow is sent on a mission to escort Luna Freya to Altissa to meet Noctis, but is killed en route. Her death caused Libertus to leave the King's Glaive and join a group of Lucian rebels. At a party dedicated to the signing of the treaty, attended by both Regis and Niflheim's emperor, Leotis Aldercapt, Luna Freya meets with Nyx before being secretly abducted by Glauca. Nyx discovers this and finds that Niflheim has stationed their army outside Insomnia. Insomnia is the main city. Mm-hmm. Regis agrees to deploy the Kingsglaive, although their commander, Droughtus, has disappeared. While Nyx succeeds in rescuing Luna Freya, many of the Kingsglaive turn on him. Nyx, Luna Freya, and rebel leader Luce Lazarus escape as the ship disintegrates. At the treaty signing ceremony, the Niflheim delegation springs a surprise attack and kills the ruling council, while their army enters by destroying the wall with help from the rebels, who are subsequently massacred. Luna Freya and Nyx reach the citadel just as Regis is battling Glauca. During the fight, Glauca cuts the ring of the Luci from Regis's hand. Ravis attempts to put on the ring and claim its power, but it rejects him and destroys his arm before he can remove it. Nyx, Luna Freya, and Regis retrieve the ring and flee with Glauca in pursuit. Regis forces the two to go on without him, dying in the ensuing battle with Glauca. Aldercapt and Arden, have, having successfully stolen the crystal, leave Insomnia to be destroyed by Niflheim's demons. Summoned to the city plaza by a call from Droughtus, 
Nyx and Lunafrere are cornered by Luce, who reveals himself to be Crow's killer. Luce almost kills Nyx before being tricked by Lunafrea into putting on the ring, resulting in his death. Droughtus then appears, but is attacked by Libertus, who reveals that Droughtus is in fact Glauca, just as Glauca is about to kill them. Nyx puts on the ring, he is, and he is confronted by the spirits of the past kings of Lucis. Initially rejected due to not being of their bloodline, his resolve and his threat to the, and the threat to the crystal persuade them to allow him use of their power at the cost of his life. After fending off Glauca, Nyx returns the ring to Lunafreya before entrusting her to Libertus, telling them to flee. With the, ring bar- with the ring's borrowed power, he engages Glauca in a titanic battle throughout Insomnia, animating the city's statues of past rulers known as the Old Wall to combat Niflheim's demons. Their fight ends as dawn approaches, with Nyx mortally wounding Glauca. Nyx dies shortly after as payment for using the ring's power, wishing for Noctis to rule well in the future. In the aftermath, Libertus escorts Lunafreya out of the city, but she tells him to s- but she tells him to stay behind. That's not how that went. He told her she was staying behind he was staying behind, but that's beside the point. Lunafreya then leaves with the ring to find Noctis. In a post credit scene, Noctis and his companions are en route to Altissa when their car breaks down, which leads to the opening scenes of the video game Final Fantasy XV. And I like to point out the that particular scene in the car at the end mm-hmm. probably takes place before any of the battle in Insomnia starts. Just for put that in perspective. Okay. So getting into the trivia for this one. The film features many things in previous Final Fantasy games, including Diamond Weapon, Gills, Behemoth from Final Fantasy VII, Cerberus from Final Fantasy VIII, mm-hmm. Ultros in Final Fantasy VI, and the Crystals, which appear in pretty much every Final Fantasy. Plus, they do mention the Chocobos, but we still, <laughs> after three movies, don't actually get to see Chocobos on screen. I don't know why they don't want to show Chocobos on screen in these movies. Mm. But yeah, that's the trivia we got for this one. So since I've been talking a bunch, Jacob, what is your first like of this movie? Well, with every advancement in the Final Fantasy series, video game series, their cutscenes, animation, what have you, has grown tremendous. And with this film... It's no exception. Mm-hmm. It's just visually appealing, visually mind blowing when it comes to design, when it comes to everything about this film. Uh, and that kind of ties in with my third, but I'll get there when I get there. Uh, just visually, it's stunning. Be like, you, you have like tremendous detail, vast, uh, vast depth and mm-hmm. just, it's just beautiful to watch. It's beautiful. Be like, granted, there's some there's some errors there, but that's here or there when you're dealing with something like that. Yeah. But um, but also the fact to be like they use motion capture. Yes. With this entire thing, and if you've ever and if you've ever watched anything motion capture, but like you're literally having to pretend something's there. Yes. Quite literally. And, and then, and what's even stranger with this? Most of the motion capture was not done by the same people doing the voices. No, there weren't in any country. Yeah, just throwing that out there. 
Yeah. It also be like when you're, when you're talking about, uh, again with voiceovers, like you are literally like you're one person, woman or a guy, whatever, whoever, whoever that person is be like, you're sitting in a booth by yourself trying to interact with characters who are not there. And you're literally having to use your full on imagination to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. But going back to my, my, my original point, visually, this movie is stunning. Just absolutely incredibly from its fight choreography to like everything in this film is just beautifully visually. And yeah, it's my number one, the visuals. Uh, I'm going to jump in on that because uh, the animation was one of mine also. I think I had it a different number, but honestly, these can go in any order. Yeah. Um, the animation, this is spectacular. It is the, uh, the same animation style the game uses when mm-hmm. it does its full motion videos. Mm-hmm. More on that in a minute. Uh, but, I mean, uh, the the animation in this is spectacular. We get a bunch of great fight scenes mm-hmm. in this movie. The... Uh, the energy effects, the shield effects. Oh yeah. The shield, when, when the shield goes down, when the power, when, when King Regis dies and the shield begins to fail. Yeah. That is, while honestly very horrific and terrifying when you know what it means, but it's also strangely beautiful as that shield falls. And that is how Final Fantasy shields usually work is in that hexagonal, semi-broken looking glass Mm -hmm. texture. And they actually, uh, show that in here instead of just creating some other effect it actually looks amazing for what it is i mean and i'll get to some more of these other things here in a second because i have some anyway uh but it's a very beautifully animated movie and there's only like maybe a couple of places where i think the motion capture spills into uh, uncanny valley territory a little bit but i mean it's not horrific it doesn't it, it, and everyone's different but it doesn't take me yeah. out of the movie it's just i look and go uh, yeah that mouth movement wasn't exactly correct and his eyes are not quite pointing in the direction they need to be pointing mm-hmm. in but uh, i can it's usually background characters and i can usually let that slide most of the main characters that the animation was great on so, yeah. Excellent. All right. So my number two would be flawed heroes, mm-hmm. flawed heroes, flawed villains. You have um, our, our main, our main protagonist of uh, Nix, which it took me the longest time to be like, wait a minute. His name is Nix. Yes. Nix. <laughs> Not Nick. Yeah. Nix. Nix. Um, so the fact that like Nix is a very flawed character that he does have baubles. He does have um, his past regrets of not able to save his sister mm-hmm. or save anybody. And so he has these, these um, almost PTSD moments of where he is. Uh, he's struggling to, he's, he's struggling with this past and there's like, yeah, he is a, the guy who is, willing to jump in and it's just, it's not about the hero worship, but rather it's more his, uh, his, um, his, his willingness to do it. And it's nothing to do with being a hero. Um, and the, the fact that he, he falls for, he falls for, um, Niflheim's trick. Yes. Which I, I think was great. Like when watching the film, I'm like, okay, this is a trick. 
why in the Nick's why are you falling for this? Like obviously this is a trap. <laughs> yes, but he still needed to save the princess. I agree. I agree. It'd be like you know, saving the princess was the number one priority, but you knew you were falling into a trap. But it's in the in that same way, be like it makes him a very flawed, very vulnerable character to where he does make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And his mistakes in some roundabout way causes the uh the fall of uh Nasa- insomnia mm-hmm. in, in some roundabout ways. And I like that. I like the fact to be like it's he's not a perfect character. Like in a lot of like in a lot of movies, you'll just have your character has very small flaws, but ultimately he's this big hero who can do nothing wrong. Nix isn't that. Nix is this flawed, he's a broken character who is willing to do what it takes in order to protect um his kingdom. And like even like you can go into like every character's movie. There is flaws. You have um the character in which she saves. I can't remember his name at the moment. Uh, Libertus. Yeah. Libertus. Like Libertus is flawed. Be like, he be like, he makes the mistake of, of when, um, his little sister is murdered. Like he, be like, he abandons Kingslave and goes for the rebels. And then he set up for all this I'm, stuff. I'm not sure that they were related. I think they no. were just good friends. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm referring to. Be yeah. like it's like little sister. Be like I'm referring to be like they he he yeah, called he, her his little sister. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm referring to. Plus, let's face it, Crow is one of my favorite characters in this movie, and she doesn't. In it, she's not in it long. <laughs> she was one of the best designed characters in I, the movie. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, so yeah, be like you have flawed and broken characters. Be like. Like in most Final Fantasy, Bill, I think to um, there again, I'm not a gamer, so I haven't played the games, but I know the movies. So Final Fantasy Advent Children 7, um, Cloud is a very broken character, very broken, very flawed character. And so that's what I like. I mean, you saw me play the uh, uh, remake. Yeah. All all of remake. Exactly. That was flawed. He can be. Yeah. Yeah. Go check that on our, uh, our Twitch channel. Yeah, like that. Assuming was, it's still there. Yeah, assuming it's still there, and some of it's still on uh, YouTube, but um, most of it's on YouTube. Yeah. Either way, um, it's I, I love the idea of flawed characters because you have so many characters that, like, yeah, they're flawed, but they're all just like extremely OP, and they there's they just power mm-hmm. through it, and they can beat everybody. Well, Nix beats. You know his his adversary, but he ultimately winds up giving his life in mm-hmm. order to save um, those he cares about. Yeah, and you know that's that's noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's noteworthy because it's it's not the it's not the Goku who can beat everybody, and he you know he you know gets resurrected every stinking twenty minutes. <laughs> no, I mean he he dies, and as far as I know, he stays dead. Yeah, which is sad. Let's just say that it happens. It happens. I, I I agree. It's 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 a it's a very tribute. Very, it's very noble to die, to uh, to die for something like that. To mm-hmm. die for something more than your more than your own. But um, yeah, I, I will I will get into that. In my uh, my dislikes about the film. But my 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 second like is. A handful, a, a, 
a deck of flawed characters. Mm-hmm. What is your number two? Let me ask you a question. You we've we've been podcasting together now for about a little over two years, right? Yeah. If you had to make a guess as to which two uh, fights in this movie got me super, super excited, what would they be? Mm. I think you know. I might. Well, let's see. There's technically... I'm thinking two in particular. Oh, okay. You're thinking two in particular. Um, There's a couple of these, but the two good ones... Two I would really probably, good ones. I would say probably the last big fight between the Titans and the the demons. Yes, that and uh, Nick's. Well, let's face it, powered up Nick's and the uh, the 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 big baddie. Well, then that's good too. But I was mostly thinking along with the one you mentioned, which is uh, all the giant statues fighting. The demon that is technically based on the on a diamond weapon from Final Fantasy VII, mm. but the other one is in the airships when Ultra oh. gets released. Yeah, because let's face released it, those, those are two very kaijurific yes. fight scenes <laughs> that they are. Oh, that is some epicness. I mean, there's something about fighting something about thirty times your size. Yeah, that's that true. is kind of fun, and I've kind of always liked that about giant monsters. But uh, I just those fight scenes are so much fun, and admittedly, I mean, once the giant statues get involved, it's not quite as interesting because we don't get to see as much of that because we are now focused. I mean, they're at that point performing crowd control on the giant monsters while we're focused on Nyx and mm-hmm. Glauca, yeah, Glauca's battle. But I mean, all seeing all that stuff in there and seeing those characters realized in. 4K <laughs> mm-hmm. was 10 times awesome for me. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, I enjoyed both of those. And, and, and I have to expl- explain, while Final Fantasy games take place in separate universes, while Ultros is one of the few characters who is the exact same character every time he shows up, this is not that Ultros, because Ultros was never this big. And... I only call him Ultros because he looks like Ultros. I, he, they don't even actually call him Ultros in this movie. Hmm. Uh, anywhere in anything I saw, other than it's very obvious what he looks like. Hmm. Uh, and of course, Diamond Weapon is not called Diamond Weapon. They only ever call it the Demon. Mm-hmm. But it's Diamond Weapon <laughs> is what it looks like from Final Fantasy VII. Which was, it's a hard fight in that game. So I knew how much of a hard time they were going to have here. But the way they realized it, you have to remember, before this, the only time I'd ever gotten to really see Diamond Weapon was in was when he was made out of 50 polygons total. You know, very yeah. big, blocky. Mm-hmm. And, and it was well detailed. It looked good in that. But seeing him here in amazing detail, and especially the uh, his giant laser orbs, those looked amazing. I mean, the whole the whole monster fight was amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the my number two is the kaiju rific fight scenes against Ultros and Diamond Weapon. Okay, what is your third like? 
All right. So going back, you, you mentioned in Final Fantasy VII of just pixel art. Pixel art done very well. Uh, seven didn't have pixel art. Six had pixel art. Okay. Six was the last one with pixel art. Okay, then what do you call seven? Seven is uh, low res polygons. Okay, it's, it's early three D. Okay, early three D work, and then you go that that entire progression of how incredible detail, incredible like design wise, uh, Square Enix went to in like including going into this movie mm-hmm. and its uh, follow up movie follow up game is um, Square Enix's design. Of mm-hmm. like go like watching um watching you play through Final Fantasy VII remake mm-hmm. and then watching this movie is just phenomenal. Like it's amazing how and, much their quality has gone yes, up since agreed. that time. Agreed. There's the uh like how I mean fifteen did take ten years to make because they scrapped development halfway through and started over. So, really? Yeah. Final Fantasy fifteen was announced the same year. Well, let me back up. Let me back up. The same year that Final Fantasy XIII was announced, mm-hmm. they also announced Final Fantasy XIV, the next MMO, which ran into some issues. I'll get to that. Okay. And then they also announced Final Fantasy Versus XIII, which was essentially, it was the other competing idea for XIII mm-hmm. that didn't make it. But they did some. They spent some time developing it. Well, five years go on. Thirteen comes out. It was kind of a stinker. Mm. I mean, it's got its fans. I mean, my understanding is thirteen two and Lightning Returns, the subsequent games in that mm-hmm. mini franchise, were better. But thirteen was you know only considered okay. And I never finished the game because it was like I said, okay. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen came out using the same in, uh, game engine. That they used to, you know, to make the, do the back end of all stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. Ran into horrible issues to the point where they fired the director for Final Fantasy XIV. They didn't fire him. He stepped down. Yeah. But he doesn't work for the company anymore. Mm. Ironically, the director of fifteen doesn't work for the company anymore either. Mm. Besides the point. Uh, so fourteen. The uh, they while keeping while, while supporting the the client the 1.0 client they remade an entirely new client for 14 which is the client uh, client software we play off of now in that MMO and got in the new director and writer and they made it all work and changed engines because 13's engine Crystal Tools mm-hmm. which is what 14 was going to use and what Versus 13 was going to use. Just wasn't that good an engine. Okay. If we're being honest. Okay. So in making 14, they made some modifications to the engine and called it and pretty much just called it another name. Yeah. And then 15 used a uh, further alteration of the Crystal Tools engine and it made what they called the Illumination engine. Yeah. I believe is what it was called. And uh, oh, and that's why, that's why I skipped something. Final Fantasy Versus Thirteen, at the five-year mark, when it was becoming painfully obvious that it couldn't make PlayStation Three, mm. was renamed Final Fantasy Fifteen, and then came out in 2016. 
three years after the PlayStation 4 came out. And it was announced before the PlayStation 3 came out. Wow. The game, the, the basic story of Final Fantasy Versus 13, or at least a lot of the setting, mm-hmm. was uh, scrapped, was, was made for Final Fantasy Versus 13. They redid the story. But said it with, but you know, used all the world building they'd come up with, and that's what they made it based it off of. Okay. And then uh, that game went for, and, and uh, they released a bunch of DLC for fifteen that I haven't played. But that's when they went all in and made this movie, and then the Brotherhood uh, four part anime, and a couple other things. Okay. Sorry, I just dumped a whole bunch of history on you. It's all good. But that's the history of this movie. Is it's part of a game that took 10 years to make because halfway through development, they scrapped it and started over. Because, honestly, it was not working good. And they were going to have to start development over almost completely anyway because they were changing out the game engine and uh, projected platform. And then it also came out on Xbox One. The same time that it came out on PlayStation 4. That is crazy. So, so basically, it started in... Like before PlayStation 3 was mm-hmm. launched and it came out on PlayStation 4. Yes. Wow. It went An entire the, console generation. It went into development as the as Final Fantasy 12, which came out on PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. It came out it, it went into development before it came out. Hmm. It was announced about a year or two later when they announced 13 and four, thir- 13 and 14 as versus 13. Yeah. And then five years later, they changed it uh, when it was very obvious that this engine was not quite working as well as they liked it to. They had to make major modifications and then put it out as 15. Because at that point, calling it versus... And that's like 13 had done so poorly, they pretty much decided, just give this a new number instead of trying to tie it in. Because we're changing so much, it barely even resembles anything they were doing with 13. Because that was the thing. Originally, there was still some connection with 13. Yeah. Just... Still entirely different worlds. I gotcha. They're using similar world building. All right. Because at the time when 13 was announced, they were doing what they called Fabula Novala Crystallis, which was this idea of creating a shared world building for the Final Fantasy franchise so they wouldn't have to remake it every time. Okay. That didn't last. Mm. (laughs) 15 did not, only has some vague connections back to that. 16's not using it at all. Mm. Not that we can tell. I mean, there's still some terminology that sounds very similar to what they were doing in 13 and mm-hmm. 15, but they're pretty much not using it. Okay. Anyway. All right. We were on likes, and I think we were finishing... We were... Uh, were you on your... Did you start your third yet? Uh, Yes, I did. Okay. So what is your... Th- my third. Your third. After I've talked so much already. Yes. Uh, my third like for this film as I think of all like I said earlier of all the Final Fantasy movies especially that we've seen so far yes I feel this is the most accessible to newcomers and that's intentional okay if you didn't know that uh, after watching the movie over the weekend I reinstalled Final Fantasy 15 on my PlayStation 4 and I I've played a little bit of it a, there is a scene near the beginning where uh, Noctis tells, um, what's his name? I just said his name a bunch of times. The 
The guy who has actually Glauca. Uh, the captain. Yeah, the captain. Yeah. Of Kingslave. Mm-hmm. He's not even on screen at, for most part. He just knocked us and says, uh, take care of the old man. It's like, oh, you don't know who he is either. Because <laughs> he's about to betray you and everybody you love. You vile uh, betrayer. Anyway, as I, when you hit new game, because I started over, of course, mm-hmm. it says, or actually, as in the game boots, it says a Final Fantasy for, uh, for uh, uh, veterans and newcomers alike. That is what they were going for. Okay. Is something any person coming to the franchise for the very first time could be able to get involved, uh, start playing and enjoy and not have to worry about any previous knowledge. Whether they actually pulled that off is another matter entirely, but uh, that's what they were going for. And there's a lot here that you can tell went into that. Um. And I appreciate, especially since, uh, cause the original, like I, like I said earlier, Final Fantasy, the spirits within is a, while it's set in our world, which is strange, mm-hmm. it's a future dystopian world that has weird, uh, weird mythology built into it. And it kind of works, but it's also kind of strange. Hmm. And some of the acting is a little, eh, but we enjoy, we, I, we can still enjoy it for what it was. Right. Final Fantasy VII Advent Children is a sequel and follow-up to Final Fantasy VII, so much so that they went and, on the Blu-ray and the DVD, included all of the cutscenes from Final Fantasy VII so you would know what happened in the game. Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy XV being set before. Notice I'm not calling it a prequel, Mm because it came out before the game did. Yeah. Uh... As it's a setup thing, uh, as it comes up before, I mean, it's, it's accessible. You can go in and watch it and not go play the game. Although I think to some degree, it might make you want to go play the game. Um, just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a fun, it, it's, it's a, while it is a tragic story because it has to tell the story of the fall of insomnia. Mm-hmm. It's there's still a lot of little great moments and little fun little bits here and there mm-hmm. and a lot of cool fight scenes and yeah, there's a little bit of Final Fantasy classic stuff thrown in there for veterans. But for the most part, if you don't know what it is, you don't have to worry about it because it's not important enough to know what that was. It's just more like a cool shout out, a little bit of fan service. More mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah, my number three for this is that it's the most successful Final Fantasy movie so far. All right. Which means we now need to jump into our dislikes. Yes. And would you mind if I started on this one? Go for it. At the very beginning, near the beginning of the movie and near the end, because I noticed it twice, there are a number of scenes in which uh, the scene plays out. It fades to black, fades back in to the same setting only a couple minutes later goes for a little bit longer and then cuts back all the way back out to black again. Mm-hmm. That is cutscene editing when you've got little moments of a gameplay interspersed, but there's mm-hmm. no gameplay here because uh-huh. this is not a game. No, <laughs> this not. is a movie, which tells me that these scenes weren't intended for the movie originally. <laughs> 
they were intended to be placed in the game somewhere. And they might be in the game somewhere because I know they have gone in patches for 15. They have gone in and inserted scenes from the movie in order to explain the stuff that's going on. Yeah. Better in the game. Because that was one of the problems the game had when it first launches. It was just kind of throwing stuff at you and was kind of felt incomplete. But, I mean, it still um, worked. Those scenes annoy me as a movie fan. You get right down to it. As a person who watches movies, uh, I can tell you the first time I watched it, missed it entirely. But at the same time, I wasn't looking, I wasn't, you know, reviewing the movies, so I didn't think too closely about Mm -hmm. it. This time, I look at it and go, why did you do that? That's not, that only makes sense in a video game where you've got a little bit of loading time. And you can kind of use that loading time as a way to give that time passage. You have no loading screen here. Mm-hmm. That would be weird to put in a movie, too. But, um, yeah, it's just that's that that part. Those little bits of the scenes annoy me. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you on that. Like, watching this film, it's like, okay, am I just watching cutscenes? It, it kind of feels that way. And I know that's primarily what Visual Works has worked on. Because mm-hmm. they... They've done since Final Fantasy VII. They have done all of the full motion videos for every Final Fantasy game mm-hmm. that's come out in that intervening time. All the fi- full motion video in Kingdom Hearts, which is a lot, uh, and many other things, according including Final Fantasy VII Advent Children came in that grouping too. Uh, so I know there is cutscene editing isn't their thing, but you know, Advent Children doesn't have a scene like this mm-hmm. anywhere in it, even in the original version. So it's weird that it's here. And like I said, I think it's it was a scene. They were scenes that were intended to be in the game, but then were repurposed for the movie. Yeah. And almost at the last minute, because once you get past some of that opening scenes, it is nonstop till you get to the end. That is true. That is so you so get to true. the scenes at the end that do this. The editing is spot on. But yeah. What's your first dislike? My first dislike, I want more Nick's story. <laughs> okay. It's the the fact that like he's far as I can tell, because there again, I'm not a gamer. I haven't played 15. So and this this is the only story we have of this character. And as far as I know, you are correct there. And that's sad because he's a cool character and be like the, the way like his be like, this is not about me. This is not about being a hero. Just doing it because I feel led to and just his overall coolness of a character. Mm -hmm. I want more of his story, but yet we don't get any more of it. No, which is sad. It'd be nice if we got some stuff leading up to it since this is his final story. Yeah. You could say it's his final fantasy, but (laughs) Yuck, yuck. <laughs> but I mean, uh, unfortunately, yeah, we don't because, and admittedly, I have not, uh, I'm only back at the very beginning and uh, I don't know, most of what I played before was before a lot of the fixes to 15. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they bring him back up or not, but I That'd doubt be interesting. it'd be interesting, but I don't think they did. Other than maybe a mention. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, just mine is 
give us more nicks. If it's just plugging into the game or something like that, just let us know something more about this guy. Because mm-hmm. all we know basically of him is that he's from a smaller um, community, settlement community outside of Insomnia. Insomnia. And apparently he is he's drafted into the King's Glaive or like... Well, I mean, they were all refugees that fled yeah, to exactly. Insomnia when the yeah. Empire was coming. There we and go, it there just we go. so happened that he and the rest of the King's Glaive are capable somehow of channeling the magic from the king. Yeah, exactly. And be like, obviously, we know because his be like, he wasn't able to save his sister, so obviously, she had died, and he's still dealing with that. But, and that's about it. We know about him. Mm-hmm. So, like, Come on, like give us like a uh, a manga or like some other material that gives us a little more information about this character because he's a cool character. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mine is be like give us more nicks, please. All right. What's your number one number, number one dislike? My number two dislike. Yes. Remember what I said earlier about this game took ten years to make. Mm-hmm. This is also the first Final Fantasy game with product placement. Yes, it is. And it's it's weird. It's both weird in the game and it's weird in the movie. Mm. I mean, I don't think it was in the movie anywhere, but the game has a bit of product placement for American Express credit cards. Yes, they do. In the in the on the world of Eos, which is the name of the world this takes place in. That don't make much sense. Yeah. You get beats by Dr. Dre being advertised in this yes. movie. You, Audi. Audi. Audi designed all the cars. Yeah. And, and, you know, to some degree, you know, I can let Audi slide. Yeah. Because all that is. Or is, drift. Yes. I, I can let that product placement go because all that is is a badge on the front of the car. Mm-hmm. I can live with that. I'm fine with that. The shot there where you see beats the mm-hmm. big beat symbol stands out like a sore thumb mm. to me it does um you can almost tell visual works is not used to product placement because they because some of that it looks like it's facing the camera instead of being along with the side of the billboard it's on mm. or the sign that it's on it, it's not it almost the, the logo is almost angled too much towards the camera instead of the angle the sign's at. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two other ones in here. I think one of them is, is well, of course, the cup noodles that also is in the game, which is hilarious. But uh, there's a whole quest line around the cup noodles where you get cup noodle armor as a joke. Okay. Don't ask me. Okay. I have not played that. I've just seen the... I've seen the the, the, the little the, the screenshots. Okay. Although I do have the Assassin's Creed armor in the game right now for some reason. That's weird. Yes, it's very weird. But like that's not in the movie. Um. So yeah, I mean, I. For on one hand, I understand. Yeah. And in most cases, I mean, we've done mo- we've talked about animated movies before that had product placement in it that I didn't mention a word of it. Right. But for the most part, those, while they were there, they were not uh, intrusive. 
They were not in your face. And really, in some ways, it's not here, but there's some points where you're just looking at it and going, oh, look, Dr. Dre's been to Aos because he's selling his headphones here. Don't you want a pair of Beats headphones? Actually, technically, now they're owned by Apple, but eh, no, I don't remember when that sale happens. But, I mean, and there's a couple other things. Uh, it just, we're in that, uh, the movie I'm thinking of is uh, Your Name, where, where it is. There it works, because it's not in your face. Here, it feels like, hey, we got to put this product placement here, and we're not going to try and be subtle about it in the, in, at all. So yeah, the weird, the, the, the poorly done product placement is my number two dislike. What's your number three dislike? Okay. Okay. So... This was more of a pet peeve than anything. Why does Sean Bean's character have to die every movie? <laughs> because he's Sean Bean, the living spoiler. <laughs> that is true. Okay, so I, I actually just looked it up. All right, so... Uh, despite having a trucker playing characters who continually get killed off, Bean has failed to take, uh, take the top 10. He's died on screen a total of 23 times. <laughs> Nice. That that is nuts. I'm like, oh my gosh, really? I'll be like, the only movie I have ever seen him where he does not die is National Treasure, and he gets arrested. I forgot he's in that movie. Yeah, he's the he's one of the main baddies <laughs> in the movie. Like he just gets arrested. I'm like, because everyone says be like, oh, he dies in every movie. Watch National Treasure. He doesn't die. But I'm like, okay. When I first watched the movie, I'm thinking, okay, the um. The, the king, what is his name? Regis. Yeah, King Regis. Uh, I'm thinking like, okay, like whoever this guy is, he's really good. And you kept you kept telling me, it's like, well, Sean Bean's in it. It's like, this isn't Sean Bean. It doesn't sound like Sean Bean. <laughs> no, he actually has a decent voice. He, he His voice is better than Aaron Paul's. <laughs> I thought Sean, I'd be like. Aaron thought, Paul did a good job. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. No. But I mean, I, I had to go, I have to stop and think. Oh yeah, that's Sean Bean, and the only reason I know it's Sean Bean is because he dies. <laughs> <laughs> so I just be like, that, that was like when I realized that it's like, oh come on, it's like what is it? Is contract now that's like my character has to die? <laughs> no, I just think it happens. <laughs> I think so, but at the same time, it's just like man, well, it's like what 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 is it? What is he like? He gets a script, and he's like, okay, when does my character die? <laughs> now, admittedly, I do wonder if he's he reads through the character list, finds the character who dies, and says, "This is the part I'm trying out for." <laughs> That's just what it seems like to me. Oh, okay, because admittedly, King Reed just did have to die in this movie because mm -hmm. he's not alive in the game. <laughs> so it makes sense that he had to die. Yes. But, uh, it is weird. It's like, oh, Sean Bean, yeah, we're going to kill him. He yep. does good death scenes. Mm -hmm. Even though he didn't actually do much more than have to grunt for these death scenes. Yeah. But, anyway. Either, either way, that is my second dislike. What is your third dislike? Uh, yeah, we are on thirds. Yes. Uh, my third dislike. This is a game. Sorry, rephrase. This is a movie based on a video game. Mm -hmm. And unlike Final Fantasy VII, where they didn't, the original game didn't have voice acting because it was too early. 
and uh, Spirits Within, which mm-hmm. had entirely new, entirely new story, so they had no one to pull from. This get- movie had the capability of using the cast they had already hired for Final Fantasy XV to play the same roles in the movie that's supposed to be setting up the video game. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Aaron Paul playing Nyx, as far as I know, he's not in the game, so I understand why they went a little stunt casting and cast him. Luna Freya is not played by Lena Headey in the game. It's played by Amy Shields. Ooh. Interesting. Uh, yes. In fact, as far as I can tell, there are only five characters in the movie who have roles in the game who are voiced by the same people in both. Really? Mm-hmm. Four of them are in the after credit scene. Because they're all in that car. Because they're the main characters you play most of the game with. Okay. The, uh, Prince Noctis, Prompto, Gladius, and Ignis are, are four of them. Can you guess who the fifth one is? He is in the movie. He has a very prominent role in the movie. And he does work for Niflheim. I will tell you that much. Um, and he ain't the emperor. Oh, he's the, uh, oh, what is it? The, the chancellor. The chancellor. Yeah. The chancellor is actually the main spoiler alert for anyone who's not played Final Fantasy 15. The chancellor is the main villain of Final Fantasy 15. Oh, okay. He's the makes only sense. other actor who plays his character in both. It makes sense. And, hmm, he does a good job in both. Agreed. But here's the, and here's the weird part about that. You're expected to play the game. You play, I watch the movie before you play the game, right? Yeah. So I put in the game yesterday. I've already run into him. At a point in the story, as far as I can tell, the destruction of insomnia hasn't occurred yet. Hmm. And we're supposed to go, oh, that guy's probably innocent. He's just a weird guy who's giving us some directions and telling us that, you know, the, the ships aren't in. We can't take them to go across the sea. Like we were planning on doing to go mm-hmm. go meet up with Luna Freya, because of course we don't know she's in insomnia at the moment. And you're going, and you realize, no, wait a minute, he's the Chancellor of Niflheim. Now I know Noctis is a bit aloof, but he is still the prince. Mm-hmm. So I would like to think he might at least be able to recognize major political figures. In the adversarial main adversary enemy of the country, I would like to think. You would think, but he doesn't recognize this guy in the game, and that is a little annoying. But that has nothing to do with the movie, other than he's the only other actor besides the main four characters from the game who has the same voice actor. Which means, and even uh, King Regis is played by Jim Peary when his uh, in flashback scenes. He's not played by Sean Bean. Really? Really. The almost every all our all of the all three of our main people, only two of them appear in the game, and you can tell in Kingslave they use stunt casting. Yeah. I find this annoying. I can imagine. 
it's it's a weird choice. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they work, but we have two different interpretations of these characters. And I think part of this, you, know, you mentioned that you couldn't tell that was Sean Bean. Yeah. I think that's because he was mimicking Jim Perry. <laughs> Jim Probably. Perry's performance to help it match. But I don't think Lena Headey did the same thing for uh, Amy... Shields. Amy Shields. I don't think she did. Hmm. But anyway, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Your number three dislikes. My number three. And there again, this is a nitpick. I am not a gamer. Mm -hmm. So watching this movie and knowing how it ends leaves you on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And the only way that I can get a full experience of what continues after that is playing the game. Yes. There again, I'm not a gamer. I don't have the time to play that much game. I'm not there again. I'm no gamer. Um, you wouldn't so, even want to play, put in a let's play to play in the background of this problem while you work on other things, would you? Cause I'm sure there's let's plays all over YouTube or this game. most probably the only, most thing I'll probably do is probably be like, Oh, here's, here's three hours, five hours of cutscenes into a movie. That'll work. Then. It, that would kind of work because they're not as the way the game is set up. A lot of the story is told while you're driving places. Yeah. That's what I keep hearing, which is in game, which is not a cutscene. Yeah. Either way. So I just, I find that slightly aggravating and uh, to say the least be like, I understand be like, this is a, a prequel to a game, mm-hmm. which it was intended to help sell the game. Exactly. And there's a part of me, it's like, ooh, I really want to know, but it's just more like, I don't play video games. I don't have a PS4. <laughs> I will tell you this much from when I played the game the first time. Okay. I assume at some point they will, uh, there will be a conclusion because it's game it has to finish at some point. Mm-hmm. But from where I got into the game at about 30 hours in, because I looked at my old save file, mm-hmm. see how long I played before I stopped. And then, because, and the reason I stopped the first time was one of those where I played for a while, I needed to take a break, I came back a month later, and I had no idea what I was doing, Mm. what I was supposed to be doing. So I just uninstalled the game at that point, because I already knew there was problems with it, because I had some things I didn't like about how it was done, and they were patching the game when I stopped. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's like, well, I might as well start over, and I don't want to start over again. This is back in 2016. Mm. 2021 i have reinstalled the game and i am playing through it i'm only a couple hours in at level at hour 30 they still they they had they they actually uh have started they've shown the what the evil intentions of the chancellor actually are Mm. he keeps showing up and getting you to summon these giant monster, uh, the giant summons. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing about this game. The summons are huge. Hmm. Um, but uh, they don't really... From where I was, I couldn't tell that the story was really going anywhere. Okay. Now, I will admit, the way the game was set up, a large portion of the early game, which is mostly what I played, is all open world. And supposedly where I was in the game, 
is where the story starts kicking it up a notch. Okay. But like I said, I couldn't remember what I was doing. <laughs> and so I forgot what I, where I was going on. I didn't know what was going on. So I uninstalled the game. Oh, okay. So I don't even know how it ends myself. I just know there was a lot of driving around, hunting on the bachelor party from heck. Hmm. All right, so that is my number three. Yes. So that I, brings us to the end of I, our reviews. Okay, so I did want to ask one question. Okay. All right, so so it says in the very beginning, be, before like everything starts in the movie, mm-hmm. that Prince Noxus, Noxus? Noctus. Noctus was injured and he was still recovering. Yeah, I, I, they, they do explain what that is in the game. I don't remember what it is. Okay. He got injured doing something and it was life threatening. And they, because Tenebrae is where the healers are. Mm-hmm. If you couldn't tell the black mage, white mage mechanic there, mm-hmm. that's there. And I didn't catch it until I was watching the movie for this review. Right. <laughs> that there okay. was a black, that Insomnia were black, the kingdom of Insomnia were black mages and the kingdom of Tenebrae were white mages. Makes sense. I see it now. I didn't see it when I was playing the game five years ago. <laughs> okay. But um, that's why he was going there. because he had life. It, his injuries were life threatening. Mm-hmm. And they took him to Tenebrae. And while he was there, that's when. They got ambushed. They got ambushed. Okay. And that's when Luna Frey and, no- and Noctis first met each other. Yeah. Okay. So but apparently I'm going to watch all- cutscenes to figure it out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I are, can't are, tell you more than that. I can't no, no, I, I, I completely understand. It's just like, okay, I'm going to do a lot of reading to figure out, okay, how was Noxus injured? <laughs> From what I remember, it was not at the hands of anyone in Niflheim. Okay. It was a stupid childhood accident that I, re- I remember it being. Okay. Well, either way. It just happened to be, you know, life-threatening. Yeah. I'm sure it had to do with training. Probably. Because he has to learn how to use the sword and the magic. Even though he doesn't have the ring yet, yet where I'm at, he can still do some of the... Well, I'm, I'm assuming he's still channeling from his father where I'm at. Because mm. I'm doing those warp strikes that you see them do all throughout the movie. Which, okay. You have to admit, that mechanic is cool. Agreed. Till it fails. <laughs> yeah. That was a funny scene when they when he throws the knife. Oh yeah, that was like thunk. It sticks, and he's not like, going in there. She's. I see you haven't moved. I see. I see you uh, didn't stay long, <laughs> or whatever it was. Yeah, that was a short trip. Yeah, it was a short trip. Yeah, scoot over. I'll drive again. <laughs> anyway, it's um, like you you lost you lost the powers of the king. It's like you like, think. No kidding. Yeah, I just realized <laughs> that. Yeah, the magic died when the king died. Right. Yeah, they've been saying that the whole movie. You just realized this, Nix? <laughs> anyway. We're at the end of this review. Yes, we are. Kingsglaive Final Fantasy XV. I am giving this movie an eight. Okay. Uh what as a pre as a as a setup for the game, I think it does a great job. Mm. I think it can actually does a pretty good job of being a good standalone movie. Uh, showing the the downfall of this kingdom, mm-hmm. and it gives just enough connective material to help bridge you into the game. Uh, and 
most of the nitpicks I have are nitpicks I have with the game, with the exception of the editing. Mm-hmm. As you Agreed. can probably tell from what I said. Agreed. But I can let, as a Final Fantasy nerd, I can let a lot of this slide or drift, as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. So, and plus, how many Final Fantasy games do you actually get to drive around in a car? Well, about five, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, what's your rating on this? My rating is a 7.5. It It's an amazing film, cinematically, story-wise, amazing. I'm left with a lot of questions, and I'm not a gamer. <laughs> so I'm more like, okay, I've got to read to figure out what's going on. This is unfair. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was the last movie, and I wanted to get it taken care of. I agree with you. I, I completely agree. Be like, it's an amazing film. It's just more now I'm going to do a lot of reading to figure out what happened. Because <laughs> be like that cutscene, it's like, okay, oh, there's the, here's the prince. It's like, oh, he's a shaggy haired, black haired dude. Yes. And his car breaks down. Yeah. You actually start the game off by pushing the car. I am not kidding. <laughs> I heard be- about that. Yes. The very beginning of the game, after a court, uh, couple little flashbacks and a flash forward technically where they introduce all the characters the game starts and it's playing uh i can't remember the name of the song it's an old song but they got florence and the machine to re- to cover it hmm. stand by me okay and the entire time they're pushing the car and you're just holding down r2 to make sure noctis keeps pushing while all four of these guys complain about pushing the car <laughs> that is how the game starts okay and there's a part of me that appreciates the game for doing that because I got you. You don't know. I can't think of any other game that starts like this. Alrighty. Uh, that brings us to the end of this review. Um, next time we are kind of staying in the fantasy realm, although heading into more of the fairy tale realm Agreed. than fantasy. With a little green added to it. And, and I'll admit, this is not what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> what? This... You don't like ogres? There are other things in this movie I don't <laughs> like, but we'll get to that next week when we do our review for Shrek. Yes. The movie that put DreamWorks on the map. Yes. For much. better or worse. <laughs> Anyway, we'll see y'all next time. This has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we will catch you in the next frame. Donkey! (laughs) That's how you're gonna end this? Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also on Facebook at Jacob Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. On Twitter at... Jacob Heron and Letterbox at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? 
You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live action movies. And remember, Cell, Cell is a single, single L. L.